Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Recorded live. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Three Count Thursday here on NGSCSports.com. I am your host, Jim. We have our co-host, Ryan, right here with me. But just remind everyone about NGSCSports.com, where we never stop. Visit the site for all of the shows, all of the written content, and much, much more. Also, podcast us on Spreaker, iHeartRadio, and the TuneIn Radio app by searching NGSC. We're also a proud partner of a wrestling informant 24-7, 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week, rotating stream of the greatest wrestling podcasts and radio shows on the web, including ourselves, the Wrestling Informant Radio, Outside Interference, Ring Geek, and many more. You can follow us on Twitter at 3CountThursday, uh, Instagram at 3CountThursday, and Facebook.com slash 3CountThursday. We talk about our social media. It's always the number three, not the word. So, uh, again, at 3CountThursday, Facebook.com slash 3CountThursday. If you want to call into the show, 724-444-7444. The call ID, 135-138. Welcome in our co-host, Ryan. Ryan, how are you doing tonight, buddy? Oh, Big Jim, good as always. So glad to be joining you this Thursday. We've got a stacked show. Uh, We've got a stacked week ahead of us. Uh, Lots of exciting things to get to. Um, I'm on the Twitter right now, at RYN Eagle. I think we all have the uh, three-count page up at three-count Thursday. Um, And Matt's joining us as well. He'll be in uh, our stat guy, Matt. He's with us. It's uh, at 3-C-T-A-Philly-8, at 3-C-T-A-P-H-I-L-L-Y-8. Yeah, there we are. And I'm at Big Jim Sports. Uh, We have, like Ryan, you you said, we have a loaded show. The first thing to get to is uh, the thing we've been promoting for weeks. Uh, we're very happy to bring into the show the product, David Starr. David, welcome in. Thanks for joining us. Well, thanks for having me. You know, uh, I was just thinking about how cliche it is to say, like, I'm so glad to be here. But, I mean, I don't know why. I was just sitting here. I was like, yeah, you know, no one ever is like, man, it really sucks to be on uh, your on this <laughs> podcast right now. But, no, I'm, I'm really happy to be here, uh, or here, I guess, on the podcast, on the phone. Um this is actually my third podcast this week, uh, and I, I was pretty excited because I hadn't I hadn't really been on a, on many podcasts. Uh, I'd had a little drought of podcasting, but I'm really happy to be on here. You guys have pretty cool T-shirts, so I liked it. Well, we like your shirt as well, and we'll talk about the name behind that. But uh, you know, before we uh, get, get into some of that stuff, just give a little bit of your background in the business. You know, you know what kind of, what era did you grow up in? Um, and you know, what, what got you hooked on the business and where, where really did you get your start in the, uh, in the wrestling business? 
sure thing. Uh, I I guess what era did I grow up in? Uh, I grew up in the Attitude Era. That'd be the time when I was, because I mean, I'm 24 years old. So uh, I started watching wrestling when I was five. The first match I remember watching was from WrestleMania 12, uh, Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart. And I, I was hooked ever since. But as, as much as I grew up an Attitude Era kid, uh, after I saw that match, my stepdad got me super into wrestling because he was a huge wrestling fan when he was a kid. So I kind of grew up on uh, old RF videotapes from uh, Franklin Mills Moss fan. I grew up watching uh, all the VHSs of uh, Ric Flair and Bruno San Martino and Dusty and Abdul the Butcher and thinking all those old guys. And, of course, my uh, all-time favorite superstar, Billy Graham. So uh, what era did I grow up in? I guess that's – I guess it would be – I, I'm, I like to consider myself an old soul. Like I even listen to 50s and 60s music all the time. Uh, but I also listen to current, current day alternative and and like 80s rock and roll. So I'm like a man of all eras. Um, so, and then I guess where I got started, I love pro wrestling. Uh, my local youth activities club, whatever you want to call it, uh, started uh, like peewee wrestling. Uh, like amateur wrestling for little little tots like myself, and I needed to be a part of it. I thought it was like I thought I was gonna be a pro wrestler right then and there, uh, which I learned was not the case after I actually powerbombed the kid after practice, and he started crying and he quit, and I started <laughs> crying. Uh, that actually this is a, something that actually happened after practice. We were all you know doing what we saw on TV, and I ended up just giving this dude this kid a powerbomb just out of nowhere. He did not want it to happen. Uh, and, and it happened. And that kid quit, and he never came back. Um, but then I just stuck with wrestling, because I was, I was, I was kind of good at it, and uh, I really enjoyed it. And I always watched pro wrestling, and then I wrestled all the way through college. And then as my years in college were running down, uh, I, I got re-inspired uh, by CM Punk, actually, that little run he had. Uh, leading into Money in the Bank when he was shooting with Cena and everything. Uh, really, really reinvigorated the fire within me uh, and my love for pro wrestling. So I decided, you know, screw it, whatever. I'm going to give it a shot. I sent out a bunch of emails to schools uh, in PA, and the first one to get back to me was the Wildstone Training Center, and I started from there. Um Sorry, my girlfriend just got in the car, so I had to greet her with a nice kiss hello. Um, so, get in trouble. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, then I started training under Samu and Hawaii uh, at the Waltzman Training Center in Allentown, and everything kind of took off. I was uh, the fastest graduate in the history of their, of their training program. Uh, I had my first match about a month in. I had trained about ten times. Uh, and I, from there, I just started trying to get booked, trying to get booked, and I got to CZW, and things kind of started really taking off kind of quickly. So, I don't know. I guess I would say that's my, I guess that's my background, is I was trained by the Lonsmoans. I wrestled through college, and uh, and I really like Superstar Billy Graham, which is where I like the entertainment side of things. And long before an RKO out of nowhere, a, a power bomb out of nowhere, uh, power bomb out of nowhere. 
power bombs out of nowhere. Um, so how, how did you come up with, with the, the product, David Starr, and then your nickname, the King of Taunts? How did that come about? Uh, King of Taunts is just super organic. Like, um, I'll, I guess I'll go, I'll go backwards. So King of Taunts is the most recent thing that's come up. So uh, that was really just at, when I was teaming with JT Dunn, I used to make uh, – I used to try and make myself stand out within our, our group because JT is uh, – no matter how I feel about him, uh, he is a great wrestler. So – and he does – he is so much – he's so well-versed in every every possible style. So I had to make myself stand out. I mean, I was like, what am I going to do? So I focused on super, super character entertainment stuff. And I used to say uh, in promos, like, JT does the wrestling, I do the taunt. And then it kind of caught on, and I just started doing it. Like, I just had a, a ton of fun in the ring and uh, just doing taunts, and it's awesome. And it seems like the crowd's gotten into it, too. They seem to like it. So the king of taunts thing stuck. Um, I didn't necessarily want to be the king, though, because I don't consider there's so many people that are kings out there. But uh, I, you know, I, uh, whatever, people seem to just stick with the king of taunts thing, so that's what it's going to be. Um, it's good to be king. So, yeah, yeah, that's how it is. Everyone seems like the king of thoughts thing, so that's what it is. Um, so I put another T-shirt. Uh, then the product came about actually with a uh, a conversation I had. I was on the phone with somebody who was helping me out uh, through wrestling, and we were and he was actually educating me as to not uh, like when I started traveling that there was going to be girls at all these shows that try to sleep with you just because you're a wrestler or whatever. This is not necessarily true, but I guess it was more of an overall message. And uh, he was just telling me, you know, don't go ahead and sleep with every girl that just throws themselves at you. And I went on this huge, long rant uh, about how that's not really who I am, that's not what I do. And I kept making an analogy of uh, my sex and my penis being a product and that was, and then it just kind of came up where we just kind of were like, hey, that'd be kind of a good nickname. The product, like, no one's really, I don't really know of anybody else who does that. So that's how that came up. Uh, and then David Starr came from, uh, I was the only Jew on my college campus. So all of my teammates, all my college wrestling teammates called me David Starr as a joke because uh, one night we all stayed up. Uh, doing college things and came up with porn star names for each other and my, I drew David Starr and uh, <laughs> as I told you I only had like I only trained like ten times before my first match like about a month uh, I had a week's notice before my first match so I had like a week to pick my name and that's what it was. There it was. That's awesome. Now now earlier you brought up you brought up J T Dunn. Um. You guys used to be a fantastic tag team. Uh, you were full impact pro tag team champions. You carried the tag team belts in CZW. I think you guys you actually carried the, the WSU tag team champions there for a bit. Right. Um, the, the first males to do it, correct? Yeah, we were. Uh, we were, we decided that we were going to be uh, breaking barriers for men within women's wrestling, and that we were un- being unfairly treated. So. Uh, we needed to create, you know, create that equality there because men were being held down within the reigns of women's wrestling. So you have to give uh, hashtag give men a chance. 
Right? That's what I'm trying to say. So uh, so we we won the WSU Tag Team titles as well as we had the CZW Tag Team titles, the FIP Tag Team titles, the MYWC Tag Team titles, uh, and some others, like, just simultaneously. Um, it ended up being, making our bags really, really heavy. But, yeah, we were we were a pretty good tag team for a little while. We sold some merch. Now, now what happened? You guys are feuding all over the United States. You've crossed into Canada. You've taken your feud up there. What happened between you and JT Dunn that caused uh, such a rift between you two? Well, in reality, uh, it was not my decision to end Juicy Product. It was not. Uh, it was entirely JT's, and he did it in a way that I wasn't very happy with. Um, it just seemed like I was being told one thing and another thing was happening. Uh, so th- this whole thing is, like, people try to paint me as the bad guy, but really not at all. Uh, having dealt with JT, he's one of the more selfish people I could ever be be around, and that's why it's come to this where we're just going to, like, I guess it's come to, like, yeah, it's come to this. Like, we're we're at war with each other, and we don't have any boundaries for it. There, apparently, there's no there's no company that is too big or too small for this to happen at. Uh, and I don't really care. Like, I, I'm not I'm not some little bitch who's going to back down from shit, and neither is JT. So every single time you see JT Dunn and David Starr on your card, whether we're wrestling each other or we're just in two separate matches, you know, it's you never know what's going to happen. So, um, I yeah, best thing I can say is that JT's a real dick. All right, fair All right, enough. Plain, Absolutely, plain and simple. Now we were we were first introduced to you in, in, uh, live at uh, Legacy Wrestling uh, back at the beginning of this month, and in your match with Shane Strickland, there was a moment uh, in this match that I have I don't know if I've ever felt more sick while watching a, a pro wrestling match. It was the for for lack of a better description, the spit chop incident. Um, where, where you guys kind of traded uh, hands full of spit uh, to, to chop each other across the chest. How the hell did that happen? <laughs> well, as you know, when you add spit to a chop, it makes it way more effective. Uh, I think everyone seems to know that from slapping each other's brothers and sisters or whatever it is in the chest as hard as you possibly can. Uh, so, uh, you know what? Shane decided that he got a fan, like, I don't remember exactly who it was, uh, but he went out and got a fan to spit in his hand, and, I mean, based on the rules of engagement that we enacted within that match, uh, I was showing that my chest is jacked and his chops didn't mean anything, but he decided to put some fan spit on his hand, so uh, I took the chop, and then I won up him and got spit from most of the front row all around, uh, and then he had to take it. And then he decided, and then he went in like his, he went in his pants and all up his, every crevice of his body, including his mic crevice. And, uh, <laughs> just, it was, uh, yeah. I mean, that's how that happened. It's just like, you yeah, know, one it, yeah, we were sitting in the second row when, when you finished your circle around the front row and and I guess my my being naive to the situation, I assumed that you know everybody was just play spitting, and I saw it dripping out of your hand when you came by, and I almost threw up into the third row. It I like, and then when you hit him, and I could still see 
uh-huh. like just a handprint of spit on his chest. Um, that that moment pretty much uh, burned itself into my brain from that night. Well, let me. I'll tell you this. Um, I understand that being disgusting. I have you guys ever seen Bucks Belmar wrestle? We have not. No, we, okay. I, we've seen a lot of video of him. Um, he, I, he's going to be at the next Legacy show. Oh, well, then you are in store for a treat if you are, have a weak stomach. Because Bucks Belmar, the first time I ever saw him wrestle was at Beyond. And I was doing commentary on his match. And he, I don't remember exactly what he did, but it was so... I think he might have he might have done something similar where a bunch of people spit in his hand, and then he ha- put it up above his head and dripped all that spit into his own mouth. Oh! And and at one point he has like a bottle of water that he puts his cigarette out in, cigarette out in because he'll walk to the ring smoking a cigarette and then he'll put it out and he drank his bottle of water. He's just oh. a nasty, nasty individual. So oh. you are, yeah, he's that's... also a fantastic wrestler. Uh, <laughs> the matches that I've seen have been really good. Oh yeah, he's great. He's a great wrestler. He's also just a really, really gross dude. So what you're telling me is, don't, I, I shouldn't eat before that show. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it, or at least not during. Okay. But, um, not during his match, at the very least. He's actually I, wrestling the Red Scorpion, Mark Hazel, uh, at Legacy, uh, August the 22nd. Yeah. All right. So I won't eat during yeah. his match. I, I that's a good heads up. That would be a good match, though. It would be interesting to see uh, Bucks' antics against Scorpion's strength. Yeah, that, yeah. that should be a hell of a match. And, and back to the spit chop, I'm just thankful <laughs> that, that it wasn't in our direction. Yeah. Oh, I'll make sure. I'll make we sure didn't get backfire. Time. I'll make sure <laughs> that, and then we get you guys. That was, that was, that was our biggest concern. Um, they, they just announced my match for Legacy. Tonight. Yeah, yeah. They, they announced you're going to be taking on uh, M Dog Matt Cross. Uh, yeah, and, and I, I've seen that the stipulations in in both your match and JT Dunn's match. If either of you interfere in each other's matches, you'll be suspended indefinitely. So, you know, I guess they're trying to, uh, I guess they're trying to limit the uh, the problems because JT Dunn, of course, ruined your opportunity to be uh, to get into that main event for the Legacy Championship. Um, but let's talk about your match against Matt Cross. He's a you know former, uh, you know t- tough enough contestant. Uh, he's doing great things on the scene. Um, you know what? What are you going to do to prepare for that match on, on uh, in August? Uh, man, uh, Matt Cross is like one of the best out there. Period, and he has been for a long time. Uh, within and within the past like two three years, he's had another like resurgence in his career. He's won titles all over the world. I believe he still has a Belgium uh, championship. Uh, he was like undefeated in Smash Wrestling for a long, long time. He's like Canadian Goldberg. Uh, he or was at one point, and just uh, he's so unique with everything he does because he has that insane like gymnastics freak strength uh, and can just do some incredible things. Obviously, everyone knows about his success over in uh, in Hollywood with uh, that mask company, and. Um, <laughs> Yeah, he's and he's just awesome. So what am I going to do pre- to prepare for it? I guess I'll just take the uh, the Floyd Mayweather approach and uh, and just say that I don't prepare for Matt Cross. Matt Cross got to prepare for David Starr. So 
would, uh, would and then as far as that little stipulation with JT can't be involved in my match, I mean that's the only one that should exist. I didn't get involved in his match. The only thing that he got distracted from me trying to get a front row seat of his of that main event five way match, which was insane. And whenever the legacy DVDs come out, or if they're already out, please contact them and get it because the whole show from top to bottom was fantastic. Um, and in that main event, I decided to get a front row seat, and JT got a little. He didn't like my presence. Maybe he got a little shaky. Uh, and then he ended up getting pinned uh, by Air Fox to, for Air Fox to become the first legacy champion. But uh, I don't know why there's some stipulation where I can't be involved in his. I don't plan on being involved in his. Uh, but, you know, as long as he doesn't try and ruin whatever, uh, whatever I got going on with Matt Cross, uh, I'm okay with that. If he wants to talk to me after the match or... Uh, even before it, I don't. I wouldn't mind. But uh, as far as getting involved in my match, uh, he better not. I really. He better not. Um, he. I really hope he doesn't because, man, I think Matt Cross and I will tear the house down. I, I can't wait to, to to watch that match. It should be fantastic. Um, so definitely, you guys are on the opposite, you know, sides of of, of the the locker room, and, and you guys backstage aren't sharing pleasantries at all no no not really uh you know we used to be you know we used to be best friends uh uh, brothers even like uh i guess yeah obviously not literally um but as close as you possibly could be and uh yeah he just decided to ruin that by being a, a shady bastard i guess the best way to put that so uh, through your wrestling career, um, have you had any any really serious injuries? Anything that has really just derailed you, um, injury wise? And and how do you deal with injuries? Uh, you know your everyday sort of hard bumps, things like that. Uh, well, I mean, it's it's pretty much uh, I've had like a little over two hundred matches in my three years now, uh, which is which is much higher than most people have three years in. But I have all my matches written down in a little notebook, um, including the number. So I think I have like 204 matches now in front of live live audiences, like live playing audiences. That's what I consider uh, on my match uh, list. I've obviously had way more in training and way more at seminars and things like that. But, um, yeah, I guess every day, it's, you know, I might wake up in some kind of pain. Uh, two weeks ago, I just, for whatever reason, just woke up and, it was really hard to get up because my back was so sore and so tight uh, or and knotted and just all sorts of poorly contorted. And I have a really nice bed, too, and I have a really, really good person to cuddle with every night. But it just was not very good to me. Um, I ha- I've partially torn my hamstring. I've separated my shoulder. I've dislocated my shoulder. I've, uh, like, kind of blown out my patella tendon uh, on each of my legs legs um i've not fractured i've like cracked my heel um i've i've had a bunch of little tiny things i mean i've been busted open i have a scar and i have a couple scars now actually uh i've been busted open a few times uh i don't know man like i guess but i've never i've never had something so oh i've had i've had a concussion uh i've never had something that was so bad that it's caused me to have to miss a booking. I don't think I've ever canceled a booking due to injury. I've always 
battled through it um, in one way or another. But on the same note, if it was something that was so, so serious where I didn't feel it was safe to be in the ring for my opponent, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't participate, but that hasn't happened yet. So, um, yeah, that's, I mean, it's rough, but it's what you sign up for. All right. Very good. And, and really the last, uh, the last question we have for you is, is, you know, you're, you, you, you're all over the place, all over the indie scene. Um, you know, is there any concern like on your part, you know, you see, we've seen in, in the last, you know, six months to a year, the, the growth of NXT with the WWE and, you know, how they're, you know, really snatching up a lot of the big names um, in the, you know, I, I don't even know if you consider TNA and Ring of Honor to be independent because they are so funded by, uh, you know, by, by millionaires and billionaires. But, um, you know, is there any concern on your part or, or about what the, uh, future of independent wrestling is is there like a fear that you know because of nxt that that indies might you know the the talent pool might dwindle um or do you see it actually growing because you know nxt is kind of this raw independent type product and more people are saying well i'm gonna i'm gonna go and check out you know some of these shows that are in my area uh yeah i would actually definitely agree with the latter um i think that Unlike in real economics, trickle-down wrestling absolutely works. Uh, I think that the more people watching WB or watching wrestling on TV, the more people will come out to indie shows and check that out. I mean, if you if you look at that boom period in wrestling uh, where, you know, everyone started wrestling schools and feds uh, on the tail end of the Attitude Era, uh, and then a bunch of indies started popping up. They were drawing pretty pretty good houses, uh, and it's because everyone was into wrestling. And then if everyone's a fan of wrestling, then you see a poster like, "Oh, I can take my kid to a show." Oh, great! And you go there for the for less than the, the price of going to the movies. Uh, you know, I think that's a good thing. And I think that with NXT being so popular now, I think that only helps the indies. I think the fact that uh, WWE is not is not ignoring that the independents exist anymore, including putting them in uh, video packages and uh, kind of even mentioning them in for some in some cases. Uh, they they even acknowledge that these guys were wrestlers before they got signed, which is not something that was happening too often uh, in years prior. I think that I think that. Anything that's good for wrestling is good for wrestling all around. I don't think there's many places that hurt wrestling by being good uh, or having a large audience. I don't see it as hurting the independence. I see it as only helping it. Uh, and I'm really happy to see a lot of people be successful on that avenue. Um, and, yeah, it's great. I love And I love watching it. So. <laughs> No, I mean, it's good to, to be a fan right now. I think it's a really good time, uh, much like the Attitude Era, to be a fan of wrestling because you have uh, so many other avenues, things like NXT, things like that. Um, you know, and, and you know, it, the Central Pennsylvania area, at least, uh, has, has some fantastic uh, independent promotions as well. Um, I've got uh, – Jim said he had, it was kind of going to wrap it up. I do have one more question I'm going to squeeze in here for you. Um, sure thing. If, if you could wrestle anybody, past or present, 
um, on 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 a big card. Let's say WrestleMania. You get you get to the WWE. You can wrestle anybody, past or present. Who would it be? Holy, what a what a question! Wow, that's a that's a big one. Um, I know Superstar Billy Graham is my favorite ever, but with the style that I like, who the hell would I wrestle? Man, you know. I've said so many different people because obviously, you know, there's like Shawn Michaels and Jericho and Punk and Daniel Bryan and even like even Cena, Orton, Ron, like all these guys that are so good. Um, man, who the hell would I pick? That's such a tough question. What, we'll we'll give you two WrestleManias. You get, you get to pick one from the past and then you get to pick one from now. Okay, one from now and one from the past. Um, so I guess I'm just going to narrow it down to now have to be, I'm going to pick somebody who's on the roster. Um, I mean, Cena's so good. How can I turn down Cena? Um, I guess I guess I'm going to say uh, he's hurt. No, you know what? Uh, Hideo Tommy is definitely from now, because I'm a huge, huge Kenta fan. Like, huge Kenta guy. Um, I know he's hurt, but I was going to say Sami Zayn, but um, I'm going to go with Hideo Tommy. Uh, and past, I guess I got, I'm going to go Flair, just because Flair's the man. Great choices. Yeah, tremendous choices. David, is there anything else you'd like to add, uh, any upcoming booking dates, uh, social media sites, anything like that you want to add uh, before we uh, before we let you go? Yeah, sure. I'll just plug, I'll plug this weekend, I guess, and then I'll plug my social media stuff. Boom. So this weekend I'm at, um, this weekend I'll be, at, in Brooklyn, New York, on on Saturday for Fighting Spirit Wrestling, I'm in a five star match. They call it. Uh, it'll be me, uh, Superstar Whiplash, Black G's, the CZW Champion Black G's, uh, Sumi Sakai, and La Rosa Negra, all in a crazy intergender special attraction five way. Uh, and then on Sunday, I return to Beyond Wrestling. Uh, my match is not announced, but uh, it should be should be real real fun. So. Make sure you check out Beyond Wrestling, lookmonofans.com. I also believe they have, like, a super, super special sale going on um, uh, for Beyond merchandise, including uh, footage and DVDs and all, all sorts of great stuff. Uh, if you email beyondwrestling at gmail.com. Uh, follow me on Twitter, at the product DS. That's also my Instagram, at the product DS. Friend me, follow me on Facebook, facebook.com slash the product David Star, Facebook.com slash real David Star. Um, check me out, buy my t shirts. I have a PayPal and stuff. I really like money, so I will also accept if you just want to send me money on PayPal. Uh if you just just because you like me, I don't know. That some people like to do that. Uh follow my girlfriend on Twitter too. She's a pretty hot model. Her her name is Callie underscore feline. Check her out on Instagram at such a fitty kitty with underscores in between each word. Uh, check her out on Facebook, Callie Feline, and book her too for photo shoots. She's good at those. Send her money for pictures. She sells them and signs them with cats. All right, very good, David. We appreciate the interview. Thank you so much. Um, we look forward to seeing you again at Legacy on the 22nd, if not sooner. Again, thank you, and uh, have a great night. I appreciate it, man. Thanks, guys. Thank you, David. Have a good night. So what a great interview again. Thank you to David Starr uh, for, for joining us. We definitely do appreciate that. Um, the next thing on the agenda, Ryan, is uh, let's jump right into it. 
this coming Saturday is uh, is the Lancaster Championship Wrestling once again at the Lancaster Host on, on Route 30 in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Uh, we'll be a part of the pre-show. Again, as always, breaking down and giving our predictions uh, on the card. So we're not actually going to give our predictions here. We're just going to talk about some of the matches on the card. If you want to see our predictions, buy a ticket, get your butts at a show. Uh, the pre-show starts at 6.30. Bell time for the show itself is 7 o'clock. Uh, tickets still available. It's a great night of family entertainment, as we all, always said. Uh, you can uh, check out the site to buy tickets, lcw-pro.com, uh, or follow them on Twitter, uh, at lcwpro, facebook.com slash Lancaster Championship Wrestling. Um, I don't know, is, is Matt joining us uh, on this segment, or is he calling in, or, or do we know? I, I don't know anything. Jim, you should know that. I, I, I should know, know what that. the hell is going on. If Matt, if I know you are with us. I, I know you've been listening. If you want to call in and check, if you want to call in and talk about the card with us, feel free. If you want to stay on the uh, on the Twitter side, you can do that as well. Um, but uh, yeah, so it, it's a pretty pretty loaded card. Um, actually, nine matches uh, over the course of the card. Definitely. Um, Definitely a lot of home, uh, hometown favorites, local favorites, Ryan. Um, is there a match on the card that stands out to you as the match that you want to see most? It's hard for me to choose. Uh, it really is. I think the uh, the championship match is going to be just, just they, they could kill each other. They really, really could. Um, both of their styles are going to play in to a really, really good match, and it's uh, the Red Scorpion, Mark Hazel. Versus uh, Joseph von Schmidt, um, it, the, the match is is going to be fantastic. Um, top to bottom, though, again, it's it's hard to not to not pick a match that that you're not going to enjoy. Jim, um, so so the championship match would be my match. If I had okay. to pick any match that I'm, I'm definitely you know tuning into a little bit more, definitely paying attention. It's going to be that. How about yourself? Uh, for me, and, and uh, Matt pointed out this one as well, he's not going to be calling in. Uh, he's, you know, he's, he's doing, doing some uh, different things with paying attention to the NBA draft tonight. So, But uh, we, we're glad to have him uh, feeding us our stats when we need them. Um, he, as well as myself, are looking forward to the, the facade, the Neon Ninja facade versus Eddie Smooth match. Um, we've seen both of these guys work before, and um, they, they, were in the, they were in the four-way uh, match last month. Um, they, you know, we've seen Eddie Smooth uh, before as well. Um, I mean, anytime you get to see Eddie Smooth's elbow, which we've talked about, um, you know, if we get to see it, we'll, we'll be spectacular. Um, both of these guys should just really put on, in my opinion, I'm, I'm sure it'll be a five-star match. These, these guys are tremendous. Uh, also, Matt, looking forward to it, and me as well. I'm with you, Ryan. This entire card I'm looking forward to. There's really not... Really not a bad match on the card. He's looking forward to the uh, to the women's match, Mandy Leone versus Jordan Grace. Jordan Grace making her uh, LCW debut. So, um, you know, last month uh, Mandy Leone took on uh, Deanna Perazzo, and uh, it was it was, a, it was a great match. Um, I, I expect nothing less out of this one too. No, I don't. I don't. I really don't either. Um, the facade Eddie Smooth match, I, I, I kind of was was a, was a given. I think anybody. All three of us could have picked that one. Jim, I'm actually surprised. You're a big Laszlo fan. Laszlo Arpad um, coming back to LCW. He's wrestling Ed House. Um, it's Ed House is returning to LCW. Had a month off. Two months ago, Ed House actually wrestled um, 
EC3 from mm-hmm. TNA in a fantastic match. Uh, couldn't couldn't talk better about that match. So I think that match has to be on everybody's radar as well. Yeah, no, I mean that's why I said I, I could. It's hard to really pick one uh, that of uh, this match. Laszlo Arpad is is absolutely one of my favorite guys on the scene. Um, the, the, the gimmick, the Hungarian hero. I mean, it, it's 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 right in my wheelhouse. Being a, a fan of 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 heels, uh, it, it, he he's one of them. Another one too, or another. We we know we don't know uh, who he's going to be facing. But Suicide Myers with, with our guy Andy Weinberg is going to be there, um, the, the reverend of winning. Always good to, to see him. Um, and, and Suicide Myers has been, uh, been on a good winning streak uh, since he's uh, aligned himself with Andy Weinberg. So, um, you know, always good to see Andy. The, the other matches on the card, King Blackie versus Dexter McPoindexter. You know, Dexter still riding the high of, the, of winning his date and and. and Beating Kevin Murphy, getting the date with uh, Buku Bucks, uh, Andrew Backlund versus Richie Nightmare, uh, tag team championship match, Damage Inc. defending against Pretty in Pink, um, and like you said, the Lancaster Heavyweight Championship, uh, Red Scorpion Mark Hazel versus uh, Joseph von Schmidt, who was the last time we saw those guys wrestle each other. Uh, the ring, the barricade, the arena could barely contain the two guys. So, um, really, I mean, it's going to be a great card. Um, like we, like we've said every time, you know, this is the third month we've been a part of this and, um, it's, it's a spectacular night full of, uh, great family entertainment and, um, get out to the show. What is it? It's $10 ahead of time, 12 at the door. You, you really can't beat it. I mean, it, it really is a great, great night of professional wrestling. You're right. You're absolutely right. 10 advance, 12 at the door. And Jim, you're, you, we forgot about our special guest. Is I did forget guest? about the special guest. Tell him. WWE Hall of Famer, the mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart. Legend House star. Legend House star. Hall of Famer. The list, the, we, could, we could talk probably for five minutes about the stars that Jimmy Hart has managed. Oh, the, the, list, just, is, the list is unreal. I mean, it, it was obviously him... It, you know, the, the Hart Foundation, uh, Greg the Hammer Valentine, uh, Earthquake. Earthquake. I'm going to pull up the list here because there there is a, a ton if the, uh, if, the, uh, if the iPad cooperates. Here we go. The list, honest to God, might break your might iPad. Might break my iPad the way it's going tonight. I mean, the Nasty Boys. Here we go. Here's... Here's a list. I'm not going to go through all of them. We don't have enough time. We don't. Yeah, we don't, it's a, only a two-hour show. Adrian Adonis, Billy Graham, uh, Brutus Beefcake, Dino Bravo, uh, Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan, Honky God, Tonk Man. Hulk Hogan. How did we not mention the Hulk Hogan? Honest <laughs> to God. How did we not? Because we're dumb, right? <laughs> we're done. Um, Andy Kaufman, Jerry Lawler, Lex Luger. Um, even even some newer names that he's he's been associated with, uh, Tyson Kidd, Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, Sting. I mean, it's. Um, I mean, the, the always controversial Hugh Morris, Bill Demott. I mean, it's the the list goes on and on and on. If if you if you just look just look at the list, like I said, we don't have time to cover all of them. But yeah, the Hart Foundation, the Mega Maniacs, which was Hogan and Beefcake. 
the Mega Powers, Money Inc. How do we forget Money Inc.? Money Inc. Exactly. The Nasty Boys, The Natural Disasters, the Rougeau Brothers. Spectacular tag teams that he made. Man. Maybe he needs to go back to WWE. Maybe. Hall of Famer, class of 2005. Jimmy Mouth. It's been 10 years since he went into the Hall of Fame. I'm sorry? It's been 10 years. Yeah, yeah, he was class of 05. Wow. That's that's still when they released, like, the single disc (laughs) DVD. The WWE released that, I believe. Uh, I mean, you could probably pull it up on the network for an undisclosed sum of money. But, uh, yeah, I believe believe that's when they released a single DVD of that. Wow. I can't believe it's been 10 years since he went into the Hall of Fame. That's unreal. Absolutely unreal. But, yeah, uh, how dare I forget that uh, that Jimmy Hart is going to be there. Yeah, just just an absolute, uh, just, you know, I know he'll be there to sign autographs, you know, and, and, and I'm sure take pictures and things. Like I said, I, I don't know if he's, if he's actually going to, you know, cut a promo or manage anybody. Uh, I mean, maybe he and uh, our buddy Andy Weinberg will go at it. Yeah, who knows? I'll, I'll have my money on Weinberg. Personally, no, that's the mouth of the South, baby. I know. Let me sidebar here real quick. What a great class 2005 was. Hulk Hogan, Rowdy Roddy Piper, Cowboy Bob Orton, Jimmy Hart, Mr. Wonderful, Paul Orndorff, Nikolai Volkov, and the Iron Sheik. That's wow. the 2005 Hall of Fame Holy WWE crap. class. Hot damn. We got uh, Rikishi. Uh, yeah, and then Kevin Nash. Kevin Nash was here. I mean, really, Macho Man was the headliner, but but Kevin Nash sure. closed the show. But wow, what a class! What a loaded yeah, class! Two thousand five. Wow, man. So yeah, very exciting, and I certainly look forward to uh, to another great night. You know, we'll be there. We'll have our uh, our uh, you know we'll have. I'm sure during the during the actual event and intermission, we'll uh, be walking around with our podcast three CT T-shirts on, um, so you guys know who we are. Uh, but get out, you know. I know it's, I know it's supposed to rain on Saturday here in in Central PA. So uh, you know where it's going to be dry at the Lancaster right. Host Resort. So you can't go to Hershey Park. Nope. You're not going to go golfing. Nope. You're not Dorney Park. You're not going to any any. You're not doing yard right work. Across the street, come across the street to the host. It's right on thirty, easy to find. Yep, you're not going to be doing yard work. You're not going to be in the pool. Nobody wants to do yard work anyway. No, they really don't. So come inside. It's a cheap night of entertainment. Kids 12 and under get in for free. You, you can't beat it. Truly, folks, if you, if you like professional wrestling, you'll, you'll enjoy the night at, uh, at, at Lancaster Championship Wrestling. Again, lcw-pro.com to get tickets. There's also some retailers in the Lancaster area that you can go and buy tickets. Uh, if you want to do that, you can check that out again, lcw-pro.com. Follow them on Twitter, at lcwpro, and uh, Lanc- uh, facebook.com slash Lancaster Championship Wrestling on Facebook. Ryan, let's take a brief break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about Raw. We're going to talk about Tough Enough and, uh, and a little bit more right here on the Three Count Thursday on ngscsports.com.
Welcome back to Three Count Thursday here on NGSCSports.com. Ryan and Jim here with you. Thursday, June 25th, 2015. Our last show in the month of June, Ryan. I can't believe it. We're again here on NGSCSports.com. Check out all the shows, all the podcasts on NGSCSports.com, including this show, uh, Tuesday Time Out, Earnestly Speaking Podcast, NGSC Weekly, NGSC West Resets, and much, much more. Check it out, NGSCSports.com. Podcast everything by going to Spreaker and iHeartRadio and the TuneIn Radio app search NGSC. You can also podcast this show directly by going to your podcast store, search Three Count Thursday, always the number, never the word. Twitter, Instagram, at Three Count Thursday, Facebook.com slash Three Count Thursday. And, um, hey, Ryan, last show in the month of June, dude. Where'd the time go? Really, um, man. It's gone. This month has been nuts. It started with, with our marathon from the last LCW show through Legacy all the way through to, the, to this week's LCW show. Uh, we're going to be at SmackDown, uh, the SmackDown tapings in Hershey on Tuesday night. It, it, it truly does never end, Ryan. But uh, let's get into Monday Night Raw. We're kind of in a, in a lull here. You know, it, for a while we had every other show was a go-home show for uh, – for pay-per-views and special events, and now we're kind of hit this point where uh, it's, it's, what, another four weeks or three or four weeks till Battleground? Yeah, I still think we have another three. Three Raws, I think. Either three or four. But, yeah, there's there's a little bit yet. It's closer to the end of July um, is the Battleground pay-per-view. So um, plenty of time for for the WWE to build, of course, uh, at the end of at the end of Raw last week, um, which we didn't talk about, you know, last week we had the recorded show. We recorded Monday before Raw aired, so we didn't even get to recap Raw. Brock Lesnar. This, this is how this is how fast times go. There's only three Raws between now and Battleground. Battleground is uh, July 19th. Okay, so time's we're, going even faster than we're thinking it's going. Shoot. <laughs> So, We've only got three. So three more Raws until uh, until Battleground. And uh, so that's going to be – that that weekend's going to be another busy one for us because we have an LCW show on the 18th. So LCW on the 18th, Battleground on the 19th. But, the, but yeah, last week on Raw, you had Brock Lesnar make his return, uh, kind of the, the, the WWE. And, and here's the thing, and I know there were some people that, like, brought it up, and, and, and it kind of stuck out to me. Um, you know, when, when Rollins cashed in, he was the golden boy of the authority. And this is only back in March. Rollins cash in, cashes in at WrestleMania, wins the title. The next night on Raw, Brock Lesnar loses his shit. And Stephanie McMahon, the authority, suspend him indefinitely. So flash forward three months later, Seth Rollins is, uh, you know, still, of course, with the authority. They've had their problems with each other. Um, and now Brock Lesnar is brought back in by the authority as a way to test Seth Rollins to see what he's really made of. Is there? And we we talk about continuity a lot, Ryan. Before we talk about this week's Raw, is there continuity issues with with that type of situation? It seems to be, Jim. Um, I guess you can take the route that they're just trying to test their champion and make sure their champion's up to snuff. Um, but and and I understand as a professional wrestling fan we need to suspend 
you know, believability a little bit, and I'm fine with that. I've always been fine with that. But it just seems like they needed to bring Brock back somehow. This right. is what they landed on, and and it. I don't know how else. I guess you would have done it. I mean, I guess Brock would still be upset. You bring Brock back because he's upset he lost the title. You don't bring him back as the as the proving ground for Seth Rollins. Right, it's almost like the punishment as a way to like punish Seth Rollins for being like, you know, you're you're getting a little big for your britches here. We're going to bring this guy back in. Right, that that doesn't necessarily That was the continuity matter. problem I had. Right, right. Um, but I mean obviously whenever Lesnar returned and we knew he has a 3-year contract because it was on Sports Center and they talked about it. Um, but you know, you knew he was coming back and really you know, by rule, he has the claim to a rematch for his title. Everybody gets a rematch for their title. I mean, not to not to like really bring it up because we don't know about his status. But doesn't Daniel Bryan technically still have a rematch for the World Heavyweight Championship? I don't know if that guy's ever going to wrestle him. No, I, I don't honestly. either. But I mean, um, which we'll talk. You make what, a point, yeah. But, right. Um, I mean. But so Brock Lesnar has that yeah. has that has that one in the chamber, and uh, you know so, so you knew he was going to get his shot anyway. I just the continuity issue. So anyway, let's go to this week's we're all now uh, from this past Monday. Um, start kick off the show right away. Starting out hot with Lesnar and uh, and and Paul Heyman, you know, cutting a great promo. How good is it to have Paul Heyman back cutting promos on Raw? One word, great. Oh, fantastic is the word I would use. Um, but uh, he, Paul Heyman explains that part of the deal to get Brock Lesnar back is that um, Lesnar must apologize to the ring announcers that he attacked back in March. So JBL and Michael Cole, obviously Booker T not there because he is down working uh, on Tough Enough. We assume that he uh, has apologized to Booker T already. Um, so he goes out and, uh, and I had a, we, I think you and I, we watched this together. We both kind of chuckled at the moment that uh, when Lesnar goes down to JBL and JBL's like cowering in fear, like this guy was a, a multi-time WWE champion. This was a guy that was in, you know, these bloody matches with Eddie Guerrero. This was a guy that had one of the most feared clotheslines in the industry and uh and cowering. and cowering in fear. He cowered more in fear than Byron Saxon or Michael Cole, really. He really did. I mean we pointed it out right away it was bad. Yeah. It it you know it made it made us chuckle, made us laugh. Um but he you know he, he shakes the hand, he shakes uh Bradshaw's hand and then he goes over to uh he goes over to Michael Cole and uh he he extends his hand to him, but then pulls pulls uh you know Michael Cole saying look I I don't want any trouble and this and that so he kind of pulls him into a little headlock like almost like a half hug half headlock then proceeds to give him a noogie <laughs> puts him down in his seat and and just gives him a little hair tussle I couldn't stop laughing at a at you know the, this big big ass ass kicker giving Michael Cole a noogie 
and a hair tussle. What better way to apologize? Right. And keep your credibility as a badass. Like, really. Just, just thinking about it actually made me chuckle because it was a great, great moment. He did what he had to do, but he did it with, with this smug and Brock Lesnar. You know what I mean? It was perfect. Yeah, then, well he gets, out. then he got back into the ring and he uh he says, you know, I, I think we're I think we're all on the something along the lines of, you know, we're we're all okay with this and he goes, you guys you guys accept the apology, right? Like you just bullied them into accepting the apology. What happened to the apology for the cameraman? Or or did he die? He um, dead. Ryan, look, I think Stephanie McMahon would have had to apologize to that cameraman because Brock Lesnar had the guy on his shoulders. Stephanie told Brock Lesnar to put him down. And technically that's what Brock Lesnar did. Yes, it was in an F5, but Brock Lesnar put the guy down. She didn't specify how he was supposed to put him down. You make a good point. Brock put him down. He might be dead, but he put him down. (laughs) Um, So, a, a, a good opening segment. Um, and then uh, Heyman cuts a promo on Rollins, obviously, uh, the, the, the holder of the title and the, the guy that will face, uh, that Lesnar will face a battleground. And uh, Heyman says that uh, Lesnar has a, uh, has a first-class, all-expenses-paid trip uh, for Seth Rollins to Suplex City, bitch. What a great end of the opening segment anything with, with Brock Lesnar to start off Raw is going to be a good Raw. Um, it was something different from the authority, which I think we brought up last week, that it's, or, or maybe it was even two weeks ago, that it's always kind of this tired authority angle right now. So great to kick off Raw without the authority angle um, shoved down our throats kind of right away with the Seth Rollins, stuff like that. But uh, like I said, anything with Paul Heyman, is going to be a good opening segment. Um, and with Lesnar there, it's just going to be that much better. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Ryan, there was a tag team match on this one, primetime players versus the Ascension. Both you and I looked at each other and said, because uh, we came back from a commercial and the Ascension were already in the ring, uh, no intro, no music, no stupid shoulder pads. We said that they're getting the jobber treatment. This match actually went on pretty long, and... Um, I, I thought it was actually a pretty darn good tag team match. Both teams got some good tag team work in. Primetime players get the win. But um, I was a little surprised of, of the, quote, jobber treatment to the Ascension. But I was probably more surprised of how actually pretty good of a tag team match this ended up being. It ended up being a really good match. I think you have two young tag teams that I feel like they're finally realizing they have a lot to prove. They're going to need to do some things here, especially the Ascension, to kind of stand out um, and, and, and just take the ball by, you know, or, or, you know, grab the ball by the horns, the bull by the horns, and, and make something happen here. The, the Ascension, I just, I don't want the ship to sail on them. I really don't, because I still think they can be a good team. I do. I um, do, too. Weird with the job or treatment, like we said, already in the ring. Right. Um, but uh, it was a decent match. Really, was a decent match. Um, 
I forget exactly where on the card. Was it the first match? It was the second match. It was the Ambrose-Kane match that was the first match. Yeah. So the first match we actually cared about. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, good match. Hopefully this is like a feud or something that we can actually start working a program around um, with the prime type players. Uh, I mean, eventually the Usos are going to get healthy. Um, Kid and Cesaro, are, they're going to be out for, for quite a while. So you have Cesaro kind of doing his own, own solo thing, I guess. So so hopefully the Ascension can step up and, and make themselves a legitimate contender. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, and and I, I think they look strong at Elimination Chamber, and I think they look strong here, which is only a good sign, especially now. And we'll talk about the, the status of them, but, uh, you know, Harper and Rowan get back together. Rowan now out injured. So there, there's a lot of there's a lot of opportunity in the tag team division for, for a team like the Ascension to step up and, and make a name for themselves, right. kind of trying to raise some of the, the negativity that they came in with, and which was really just bad booking. I mean, it was one of these situations, again, we talk about, you know, you, you badmouth the team when it's really it's badmouthing the, the, the way they are booked. Um, Sheamus took on Roman Reigns, Ryan. Not going to talk about the match, although I don't think the match was that bad, but one of the creepier moments that I would say since, like, um, the ministry undertaker. I mean, that, that's really kind of the last time I can remember a segment being like this. The uh, last Monday on raw and last week on SmackDown, um, Roman Reigns, uh, matches were interrupted by Bray Wyatt, uh, on the screen, uh, holding, you know, cutting a promo and then holding a picture of the, the, the tea party commercial, uh, with, uh, Reigns and his daughter, the be a good dad commercial. And, Bray Wyatt holding this picture and, and, you know, kind, kind of almost blurring this line of reality when talking, when, when, when cutting this promo. Now this week, uh, during the match, Wyatt appears on the screen and is, uh, having a tea party, making it look and sound like it is, uh, like he's talking to Reigns' daughter, says they're backstage, tells Reigns to come find him. When Reigns does, he goes screaming up the ramp, uh, goes through the back and, um, we see that Wyatt is, is laughing as he's talking to an empty rocking chair. They come back from commercial. And First you of all, hear, how creepy are empty rocking chairs? Extreme. It's creepy as hell. It's not, it, it's not the empty rocking chair that's creepy. It's the, by itself, it's the empty rocking chair that's rocking. Okay, sure, that sure. Is creepy. It's rocking by and itself. And this was indeed rocking. Um, and then... Um, we came back from commercial. They came back from commercial. Reigns is backstage looking. Here's him in a room. Ryan, I, I can't remember. What was it that he was singing? Oh, my God. Mm, I, I can't even think. Like, I'm drawing a blank on it, but it was uh, the... Like all, all I'm thinking is he got the whole world in his hands, and I know that wasn't know what he was yeah, singing. I know. That's what I have playing right, in my head. That's what I have playing in my head. We've heard that over and over again, so it, it actually stuck... So what they wanted us to remember, we remembered, but not the Monday Night Raw. Right, and Matt, Matt if, if you if you remember, if you can... Was it, I'm a Little Teapot? No. Yes. Yeah, because that, because of the tea party, that's the, the, from the commercial, yes. Is that what it was? Yes, it was, I, I, that it, it was I'm, I'm a Little Teapot. One of my favorite songs of all time. Absolutely. Um, you know, so you hear him just kind of on a loop singing that. Uh, no, I don't think it was that. I'm pretty sure it was that. 
I'm pretty sure it was that. But anyhow, you keep talking. I'm going to look it up. Look it up. Uh, Reigns walks in the room. Bray Wyatt not in the room. Just his voice playing in the room. The room's filled with candles. Photos on the wall. And, and the photos are of Roman Reigns. And on all the, all the photos, his eyes and mouth are cut out. Awesome. And uh, anyone but you is written on the wall in red. Almost looked like blood. At any point, right, like, I was, like, sitting on the edge of my seat. I was really tense because I didn't know if, like, why it was going to jump out, if something was going to jump out. I mean, th- this was truly, I mean, I'm at 29 years old, um, and I can still say that for this show and next show, but at 29 years old, I'm not, I'm not ashamed to admit that, like, there was a degree of, I don't want to say fear, but you, that moment if you're watching a scary movie when the when the music's getting creepier and louder and creepier and louder and you know that that something's going to happen but you don't know when that's how i felt going into the end of this segment the segment was so so good i uh and it's funny whenever we get to we get together and we watch raw which we don't get to watch raw together all the time but um when we do um we, we were sitting there and we were literally sitting like at the edge of our seats. Bray Wyatt comes on the TV, and everything stops. And we pay attention. We could be on Twitter because we usually live tweet uh, Raw uh, at three count Thursday. Follow along, play with us. It was a good time. But Bray Wyatt comes on the TV, and everything stops. You know, the iPad goes down, the phones go down, and we watch the segment which is crazy now that we both cannot remember what the hell song was being sung because I know we both tuned in to this segment. Awesome. Just an awesome, awesome segment on the show. Probably my favorite moment of Raw was this actual segment uh, because, like you said, it, it, it's making it very, very personal involving the daughter. Yeah. So it's blurring that line that doesn't get blurred very often, that real-life line. It's it's playing off of a commercial from a year ago. Um, it was creepy, and it involved Bray Wyatt, and we're huge, huge Bray Wyatt fans here at Three Count Thursday. So, all of, it was just a great moment in, in my mind. Um, damn it, I wish I could remember what that song was. I though. really do think it was. I'm a little teapot. I really do. We'll have to look it up. We'll we'll post it up there if anybody that hasn't seen it, if we, if we can find it. Um, but Ryan, you and I have talked about this. I'm not. I'm not necessarily opposed to this feud, but here's my concern with this feud. We've seen Bray Wyatt have his big build to WrestleMania 30, lose to John Cena. Big build to WrestleMania 31 of The Undertaker, lose to The Undertaker. Now, I mean, this you know this type of attention-grabbing segment is something that is, is to make this a big feud. You know, th- this could be considered a big feud here. Do you see Bray Wyatt winning? And I'm assuming it's not going to be one, just one match. At least I hope it wouldn't, I mean, if you actually want to make it a feud. But even if it is one match, do you see Bray Wyatt winning at, at uh, Battleground? Jim, I, I really don't. I don't. I and, and it sucks because we're Bray Wyatt fans, like I said. I, I think he deserves a, a really, really good spot. The guy carried 
and and really just built the entire match with the Undertaker back at WrestleMania 31. And then he got thanked with what Ryback coming out of WrestleMania. Yeah. And then he gets stuck with Roman Reigns, and then whatever your opinion of Roman Reigns is, it is what it is. I just I just don't see how the WWE, in, with the mindset of probably wanting to build Roman Reigns, will allow Bray Wyatt to go over Reigns at, at Battleground. I think they'll let Bray Wyatt get the upper hand with all of the uh, shenanigans, chicanery, up, building up to the actual match, but I just, I just don't see it, Jim. Right, and that's my problem. I don't see a scenario where Bray Wyatt wins. So, because I also don't, I, I don't, I don't see a scenario that Roman Reigns loses at least at Battleground. So you're you're creating a situation where here's the situation: Roman Reigns needs to win. Bray Wyatt needs to win. Correct. They've, they've, it's like they've booked themselves into a corner, which isn't the first time that it's happened. <laughs> you know, they've they booked themselves into a corner, and, and nothing, I mean, unless unless it's a, a no decision of some kind, I just, I don't see there being any good way for this thing to end, because somebody is, is going to take a big hit. I, and I, I, I mean, I really do think it is more crucial for Bray Wyatt to win. But I just, I don't, I don't see how either guy can lose. I agree. With should you. lose. No, but neither really should lose. With with the end game of, of building kind of both of them, um, and I just, Jim, I don't see it either, dude. I really don't. I don't know. I, I really don't know. Yeah, so so we will, um, you know, we'll see. We'll see how this plays out. I'm intrigued by, um, I'm intrigued by the, the rest of this build. I'm intrigued to see what they come up with on Raw. Um, I'll probably buzz through SmackDown on my DVR to see if they have anything uh, on, on SmackDown, but, um I just, I don't, uh, I just, I don't, I, I, I don't know. I don't know where this goes. And Ryan, you were right. Matt tweeted, it was, I'm a little teapot. Was it really? And once you said that, and he's, he said it was probably the hardest thing he's ever had to find for us. So, um, that, you, that, that's, for, that's for the, the night off. You got a couple weeks ago. We, uh, we had to, we had to get one difficult thing in there for you, Matt. Thank you for that. We appreciate it. Cause I'm I still trying me. to look it up. I really that, am. That would have bothered me the rest of the show if, I, if we wouldn't have been able to figure that out. Um, Ryan, again, John Cena, Kevin Owens. Um, you know, my, my only fear here is that, is that with, with three more weeks that we're almost going to see the, these guys promo each other too many times. But... Um, Owens, you know, they, they go kind of back and forth, and then Owens says something, you know, in French to, to get heel heat. And then people were actually booing, so it clearly worked because clearly there, there's, not a, there's not a place for foreigners in, in professional wrestling. Uh, but then John Cena counters back um, 
in, in a few different languages and then uh, accepts the challenge for Battleground. At Battleground, it will be for the United States Championship. And, uh, I mean, these, these guys absolutely are drawing so much attention in and, and doing such a great job with building this match and this feud. Um, Kevin Owens has been the, the, the best opponent for John Cena probably since, probably since CM Punk a couple of years back. And, um, you know, what, what a way to introduce yourself to the main roster um, than with, with John Cena. Now, I got to agree with you there. They, they have absolutely been great for each other. The introduction of, of Kevin Owens to the main roster um, and to a, to a much broader fan base than, than NXT, than, than the Ring of Honor. Um, here's my concern with this. We, like you said, are we going to catch promo after promo after promo? Jim, when was the last time John Cena defended his open challenge on Raw? Was it back with Zack Ryder? Was that the last time? I think it was. When, when uh, Entourage was there? Uh, I, I believe. I mean, I don't, I don't really, I don't remember. I, I believe it was. It's been a while. It's been a bit, you know. We, we praised John Cena heavily for doing that. We thought it was great for the title, great for Raw, that a belt's being defended repeatedly on, 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 on Raw. And now it's stopped now that we're in this feud. I, I don't like that. You can have him run in and cause a few matches, whatever. Kevin Owens, I mean. Or have him on commentary or have right, him Right, I just don't you know, have like, him watching from the on a screen in the back. I, I'm with right. you, dude. And I mean I, we know the title's not gonna change hands. Correct. But still I think you can defend it and, and, and bring that back because that's something like I said, we go back a month or two, we praised the John Cena match repeatedly, even if it wasn't a great match, we praised him for doing it and making the title mean something. Yeah, no, I'm right and there. I'm not trying to crap on the Kevin Owens. I'm really not. No, no, but but you can you guys with another you three weeks. I mean, it's a five week time limit between the the, the two pay per views. Are you going to have five weeks of promos, or are you going to let these guys wrestle and you know like like you did in the old days? They wrestled. You know, Cena would wrestle somebody, Owens would wrestle somebody, and the two guys watch each other like game film. I mean, yeah, you can only promo so much before people kind of, I don't want to say get tired of it because, you know, the, the Kevin Owens, this is something new and exciting. But how much do you want to beat the promo to death? Right, right. I mean, and I get Kevin Owens is wrestling down in NXT. He just wrestled Samoa Joe. You know, things like that. Like, I get that. That was also, four, you know, four, right, right, four weeks tape. ago. Right, right. You know. So, uh, Jim, I just, man, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. But uh, I'm definitely looking forward to what what this Monday brings uh, for these uh, for these two guys. Um, Ryan, move it. let's jump ahead a little bit in, in deeper into the show. Uh, Dolph Ziggler took on Adam Rose. The the thing that stood out, and it was a pretty decent match. I I I still like Adam Rose's in ring work, despite what they're doing to him creatively. But um, Rose cut the promo saying uh, that he and Rosa Mendez know what true love is. They love each other, and says he's going to unveil a masterpiece to the world, and then maybe everyone will finally get it. 
What do you think that means? I don't. I don't know. I really. I don't know. I mean, I. I this is unfortunate to say. I must have skipped over this part of Raw, and it didn't make a very lasting impact on me, Jim. I I think with the Ziggler rumors of him not renewing, yada, 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 the ship has sailed with Ziggler for me, which was pretty quick because I was pretty high on Ziggler. And Adam Rose, like you said, I'm just – I remember them both, like, eating lollipops, and, 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 and Rose and Mendez kissed, and then, like, Ziggler and Lana kissed, and I was like, I don't care. So I, I must have missed the whole masterpiece thing, but uh, I, I don't know. Hopefully, it's, if it's character development for Adam Rose, Jim, that's a good thing. Well, yeah, and I'm still, I'm still, I still can't believe that after uh, the, you said believe, but I still can't believe that after the E60 documentary that they failed to do something with Adam Rose. And I don't even necessarily mean they had to bring back Leo Krugman, but they could have morphed his character a little bit. They could have shifted his character a little bit to something, you know, and right after it, they, he got rid of the Rosebuds. Like it was a, it was a backstage segment where he like stopped them and said, the party's over. And I thought, great. They are, at least going to be doing some, something Leo Kruger adjacent, something similar to Leo Kruger. And then I don't think we saw Adam Rose Nothing. for like three weeks. Right. And, and, and since then, superstar. all we've gotten is him swapping lollipops with Rosa Mendez. Gross, by the way. Oh, vile. Vile. And kissing's one thing, but I ain't mean, I, I get stuck on a damn lollipop oh. and then putting your damn lollipop in my mouth. Like, I mean that that almost like churns my stomach as much as the spit chop with David Starr. Uh, I mean, it, and God, I'm I'm actually really concerned about my uh, my ability to sit through a Bucks Belmar match. But that's something we'll talk about. We got a, I got a couple months to build up uh, to that one. Um, lots and lots of Purell. Lots of Purell. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring a, a a bottle of it to the show for sure. But yeah, I I don't know what this could be. Um, like you said, I hope it's, I hope it's char- character development. I hope it's something positive for uh, for Adam Rose, but I, I just don't know anymore. I really don't. I don't, I don't think the WWE knows that anymore, and it is unfortunate. Like I said, if the, the masterpiece thing, maybe, maybe Chris Masters is going to come back another. Maybe Vince Russo team. knows. Yeah, he doesn't. Have, uh, <laughs> why you gotta bring that shit up? Uh, just just for a little bit of laughter. You always gotta. I always have to inject laughter somewhere. Um, Speaking of laughter, that takes us to our next segment. And somebody that wasn't laughing after the segment. Oh, the closing segment. Yeah. With, with Seth Rollins, J and J Security, Kane and Lesnar. Ultimately, Rollins has the last laugh. Jamie Noble wasn't laughing. No, no, certainly wasn't. Um, it, set, it set up the moment a little bit. I mean, they kind of trapped Rollins. Uh, J and J Security did to try and, uh, and and Kane tried to tried to set him up so he'd uh, be outnumbered. And then Lesnar kind of cleared out Kane and J and J Security. 
through Mercury around the side of the ring, and then threw Jamie Noble, like power bombed him into the barricade. It didn't even look like a power or a bomb. Shove. It was just kind of like a pick up and put down. I yeah. mean, it is Jamie Noble. I, I the guy's had up. back injury. Are you saying he's the guy from the uh, Planet Fitness commercials? I picked things up and I put them yeah. down. No, I would never say that about Brocklin. Because God, you're like, afraid he would pick I'm you up terrified. and put you down? I, yeah, um, I'm terrified. I'm a little bit bigger than Jamie Noble, but I'm still terrified. Yeah, he'd still hurt you. It still hurt me a lot. Yeah. Holy crap. <laughs> um, but it was one of those moments where I kind of ran him into the barricade back first. And I instantly said, I was like, man, he really sold that or he's hurt. Like something didn't look right. Was his facial expression? I don't know what it was. It was quick. You both kind of called it out. We're like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe he's just selling. As the, as the segment went on, he never, like, popped back in the ring. Right, like Rollin, Kane, Mercury, back Mercury in the ring. back in the ring. And if Jamie you look Noble back at it, and I've gone back and watched this segment, all three, uh, the, the rest of the guys in the ring, Lesnar and, and the rest of the authority, um, they just kind of looked, like, lost and confused for a minute. Right. Because they were waiting, I think, for Noble to get in, and then when they realized he ain't getting back in, then they kind of had to make chicken salad out of chicken shit. And uh, I mean, that, that's the WWE, though. You gotta, you gotta go. You know what I mean? There's no, you're, you're on live TV, um, much like our podcast. When, when something bad happens, you just keep rolling. Right. You got it. You got, like you said, make chicken salad out of chicken shit. That's what you got to do. And I got that from Stone Cold Steve Austin says that all the time. I don't. You know, so that that's kind of why it's in my head. Right, right. Um, so now you're going to piss him off. Well, no, that's why I'm crediting him. Oh, you're him. crediting him. Okay, I'm crediting okay, him so, really so he doesn't well, thank you know, you, Stone Cold. Hunt, hunt me down and, and, you know, stun me in the middle of the street. He'll just stop mud holes in you. And, 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 and walk a little corner office yeah. here <laughs> as we're recording or, or live casting our show. <laughs> if Jim falls silent, that's what happened. That's Stone what Cold happened. broke in and, and stopped mud holes in him. <laughs> I, w- I would record it. We would throw it up on the U to watch it. Oh, absolutely. I, I would expect I would nothing do. less. I would not lend a, lift a finger to help. I would not, but, but damn it, I would record it. Um, so, so, so tough news for Jamie Noble. What broke two, three ribs? Was there, was there... Uh, I believe it was three was the report. Okay, so three, three ribs broken, broken. ribs. Now, the, obviously the concern there was he, his, his in-ring career ended because of a uh, broken back that he suffered at the hands of Sheamus uh, and a power bomb. On the outside, that if you've Thanks, never Seamus. if you've never seen the inj- if you've never seen the video, the sound that Jamie Noble makes is he's like gasping for air and just in writhing in pain um, is one of the one of the most horrifying sounds I've ever heard um, because you know he's he's hurt. I mean, it's it's like a it was bad. It it's like a groan, was. scream, just like a bellowing. Oh, it, it's bad. I mean, if you search Seamus Jamie Noble injury, uh, you'll you'll see it. You'll hear it. Um, so obviously that was a concern there. I right, guess that was back he, in '09. I mean, he retired back in '09. Wow. Okay. So six years. Yeah. Um, I think he he said he kind of commented on. I don't know if it was on Twitter or Facebook or whatever, but he said you know the, the reason they got the ambulances out there or the stretcher out there and got him out so quick is because um, when it first happened he he couldn't breathe. And really, if you've ever broken a rib, I never have. My, my dad has and some friends of mine have. They, they said you can't get much more than a shallow breath in for, for a couple of weeks just because of, you know, the way everything shifts and whatever. So 
As, as, That's what sucks. As, yeah, as odd as this sounds, thankfully it's only three broken ribs. Because, I mean, and, and everybody, there was a lot of people on Twitter that wanted to, like, you know, blame Lesnar or, you know, say he did it on purpose. Brock Lesnar's never injured somebody on purpose. And in fact, uh, Daniel Bryan was on uh, Chris, I think it was Chris Jericho's podcast a couple months ago and uh, asked him something about, you know, you know, would he be afraid to get in the ring with Brock Lesnar because of the size difference? He said, look, Brock Lesnar, because of how big he is and how aware he is of his body from being an amateur wrestler and a UFC fighter, he goes, he's probably one of the safest guys to be in the ring with. Yes, he's big and strong. Yes, he can throw you around. But he's so technically sound because of his history that he's actually one of the safer guys to be in. So the notion that, that Lesnar is intentionally hurting somebody is just absolutely crazy. Right, that's bogus. Um, you know, that, that's not what's happening here. Um, right. It wasn't, it's not storyline. No, it was, so, it was an accident. Right, right. It was an accident. You know, we, we hope Jamie Newble heals up. You know, hopefully he can still be on TV because I, I, I've been so entertained by J&J security. Um, I saw a little clip from SmackDown. He obviously wasn't on SmackDown taped on Tuesday night. Hopefully he can be back on Raw this week or, or only miss his brief time because, you know, he, he, him talking with that, you know, he's, all, he's dressed up in this suit but has that thick southern accent and then Mercury just kind of the, the silent partner to uh to Jamie Noble has just been absolutely spectacular. I've loved everything that they've been doing with it. And um but, but really we do wish him a speedy recovery. Yeah, and I've oftentimes said and it's it's always funny, like you said, he's dressed up in his suit. He, they didn't really talk there for a while and, and I forgot I think he's he's from West Virginia, I believe. He went to high school or something in West Virginia. So so the guy has a legitimate southern draw. And I I always forget how southern he sounds. Very, very kind of redneckish. So, I uh, definitely a country boy. Um, I, I hope he, I hope he's back soon. Um, like you said, I've been very entertained by J and J. So, uh, Jamie Noble, uh, get well soon, sir. Yeah, the the raw ratings for this week, Ryan, was um, let's see here, three point five nine million for the first hour, three point six million for the second and 3.81 for the third hour so always good when you're when you're counting up each hour and i think the uh you know the the confrontation with lesnar and and rollins at the last segment kept people tuned in because usually you see hour two to three drop off um because of the uh, you know kids go to bed things like that now again schools for the most part uh are over now so, you know, so, you know, kids can, I guess, stay up a little bit later now in the summertime. They don't have to get up for school the next day. So um, maybe it keeps the, the viewership up a little bit. But, but decent numbers, again, because of the way TV is consumed, because people, I know there's plenty of people that, uh, you know, watch it on Hulu the next morning. Uh, many people DVR it. So um, you're, you're not going to see fours and fives and sixes anymore. But, you know, for, for June when people are on vacation, I don't, uh, I, I don't think that uh, these are bad numbers. No, I, I think you're right, dude. The 3.8, that's a strong finish. Um, you know, we're, I think the WWE is probably happier with fours 
um, when you wrap it around four. But you're right, we're kind of in that summer law where we're not building yet towards SummerSlam, which is which is your big summer pay-per-view. Um, and then really it dies off again until Survivor Series. And then really after Survivor Series, you're gearing up for Royal Rumble and then WrestleMania run again. So this is like this is the, this dead, is zone. the dead zone of the yeah. WWE. So for them to pull that number, pretty impressive. It, it's no surprise that the WWE has decided to roll out tough enough this time of year just to get more eyes on your product. Um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be disappointed with the 3.81 for your final hour overall. No. I really wouldn't. Um, and like you said, to me, it's no surprise that you're going up instead of your decline into the third hour. Like you said, school's out. Um, so so any school-aged people that are still watching the show don't necessarily have to be in bed until after the program's over, things like that. So, um, yeah, 3.81, hell, I'd be happy with that if I was, if I was Vinny Mac. And I'd actually heard, I don't know how true this is, I read it on a rumor site, that... Oh that Vinnie Mac, while writing the show with Dunn, did not actually run the show, that Triple H was at the helm of the show. Did you hear that rumor? Did you uh, no, that's that, 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 that actually not a rumor. That is actually confirmed. Because, oh, that was confirmed. Okay. Yeah, Triple H was running the show this week because Vince McMahon, as well as uh, Kevin Dunn and, and many of the other bigwigs, uh, were down in Florida preparing for the, uh, for, for the debut of Tough Enough on Tuesday night. So, um yeah, Triple H running the show, Vince McMahon not in attendance. Although you know, obviously, you know, he gets his hand, um, you know, he, he, he's all over it. But um, it's funny because I, on, on the same site, people were commenting, "Well, that explains why it was such a better show. That explains this. That explains that." And and I was like, "Man, I don't really think it was that great of a role." No, I don't. I don't it think wasn't bad. It was. It was, it was the middle of the road. I mean, it, it was. It, it had its good moments. It had its flat moments. I mean, you had a you had a Raw where you had the Big Show versus Mark Henry. I mean, it, ah. we're, we're not we're not breaking boundaries here. No, you're right. You're really you, to me. It was just, it just kind of felt flat. If I had to give it a letter grade, it'd probably be like a C C minus. I don't think yeah, there's anything great about, about it. I'd put it. Um, a C plus. It was you know it was just a Raw. It was it was a fun three hours to watch TV. Um, I'm not going to put it on blast because I enjoy professional wrestling. It allows me to escape from the the everyday grind of my of my job and life. Um, it's three hours that I can just put my brain and 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 get lost in my soap opera. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it is. It, what it's it like are. I've been saying, and and you know, for the last couple of weeks, I've really stayed away from Twitter during Raw, and I've been able to enjoy Raw that much more. So uh, if you well, don't, you know, and, and I think all three of us have been doing that. So that's why we you have know, tweeted a lot less during Raw. Because, you know, have. because I want to enjoy this show. I don't want to spend three hours with my face and my screen. Arguing with, with other people. Arguing with people. And, and even just I mean, not, not even in a, in a bad way or just getting in discussions and talking about this show. I'll talk about Raw on Tuesday. I'll talk about Raw here. I'll tweet about it on Tuesday. I'll discuss it with people, which sure. I've been doing. I want to enjoy the product. And I, and I have been. I've been enjoy, enjoying Raw much more. It's been entertaining me. Here's there's, something that's a bit exciting. We've talked that there's three Raws now between now and, and Battleground. There's already five matches announced for Battleground. Wow. So we've got three weeks to really build this feud and, and build this program. You have Roman Reigns, Bray Wyatt. 
You have Seth Rollins versus Brock Lesnar for the uh, World Heavyweight Championship. You have Ryback, Big Show, and Miz for the IC title. Um, Kevin Owens, John Cena for the United States Championship. Primetime players uh, versus the New Day for the Tag Team Championship. So, Jim, this here's an interesting thing. Remember two weeks ago, maybe, we were talking about uh, pay-per-views where they don't defend every title? Yeah. You remember that? When we struggled, now like, all we need is a Divas title. All we need is a Divas title, and this one's going to have them all. Yeah, the World Heavyweight Championship, the IC title, the United States, and the tag team title, just a Divas tag team, or a Divas match with the belt on the line, which it should. I don't know why they wouldn't. It should. They, they, they could put the Bellas in a, in a program with, with somebody and just have a Bellas tag team match. It's the only concern. If not, we're going to see every match being every, defended. Or wow. every title, I'm sorry, being defended at Battleground 2015. There you go. There it that, is. That, that's exciting enough. That is. So that doesn't sell you Battleground. I don't know what will. Because it's Battleground, it's not going to be that. 999 will sell you Battleground. Well, it should. It really well, should. Well, no, that, that's literally... I mean, well, that's all it's going to cost you. That's all it's going to cost you. That's it. Unless you still get it on regular pay-per-view. It's July 19th out of the Scott Trade Center in St. Louis, Missouri, Battleground. St. Louis is always a pretty good Decent crowd. Decent crowd. Be a good show. Decent crowd. Uh, Ryan, anything else from Raw? Uh, I think that's it. I think uh, we covered a, a good majority of everything. I think we did, too. So let's let's go the Tuesday night, right, you know, turns right around Tuesday night eight o'clock. The debut of the all new Tough Enough. Ryan, before before we talk about this season, it, it kind of got me thinking about the successes and not successes of uh, of Tough Enough and their and the the superstars and the lineage from it. Um, is it safe to say that? Is it safe to say that John Morrison is the most successful um, Tough Enough cast member ever? Jim, I... Man. Yes. I think it is safe to say that. I mean, definitely the, 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 the most successful winner. Right, easily the most successful winner. But I don't think there's been another Man. even cast member. I mean, you know, you had Matt Morgan had some success at TNA. But John Morrison it was a multi-time title winner. I know he had the ECW championship. I know he won some mid-card titles. Um, multiple, multiple-time tag team champion. Um, held both tag team titles in the WWE. Now, of course, Johnny Mundo in, in Lucha Underground. So, you know, he, he, was, he was seasoned three of tough enough. So, I mean, he's been in, he's been in the business pretty much ever since then. And he's still going, he's still successful. Um, yeah, I really don't think that there's been a more successful tough enough cast member ever. Yeah, it's tough, man. It really is. Uh, we went back and we watched a lot of the, the old tough enough on the network. All of them. I watched them twice. Okay, so we I'm not going okay. to lie. I'm not um, going to lie, dude. I, I love season one. Going back to season one, watching the stuff from WWE New York, which we were able to, to visit when it was WWE New York. And maybe procure some magazines out of a box. I'm not admitting to shit. Well, I think we're. <laughs> I think the statute of limitations is open. I think you're right. I think you're right. I still didn't take. Them. I didn't know you guys took magazines. That pisses me off. Yeah, mine. Was, I have one that was uh, signed by... Uh, uh, the, Terry Reynolds. Really? 
Yeah. Now I'm really pissed. Yeah. Man, this would have been what? This is back in. Good God, what, 2001, 2002. I graduated. No, it wouldn't have been 2002. 2000, 2001. Probably 2001. It was the year after my brother graduated high school. Man. So 2001. So 14 years. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, there you have it. Um, you know, season one, uh, Chris Nowinski had a WWE contract, wrestled for a while. Um, Maven was the actual winner, Maven and Nidia, who both had, had whatever, had WWE careers. I guess Maven's claim to fame is he eliminated The Undertaker at a Royal Rumble. Got to be something, right? Something. Was it, was it the Royal Rumble? Was it even a battle round? Royal, Royal Rumble. Was it, it was the Royal Rumble? Royal Rumble, yeah, he came in. And... But to be honest with you, anybody that had the most success out of season one was Josh Matthews. Not as a wrestler. Oh, yeah. I kind of forgot about Josh that. Josh Matthews, as a commentator, uh, he was with the WWE Up pretty until much this since past then. Year. Right, so that's 2001. 2002 and Tough Enough came out. And now he's um, the main man on commentary on TNA. Right, right. So that's up through t- 2014 when uh, when he got released uh, back in June 25th. Oh, my God. June 25th, 2014, one year ago today, Josh Matthews released from his WWE contract. Damn, there it is. There it is right there. It all comes full circle. So I think you could almost make the argument that Josh Matthews might have been um, a standout from uh, from Tough Enough, not as a competitor, but but I think you could say that, that he had a hell of a run. Jim, other than that, dude, there's there's not much. Uh, season five. Let's talk about season five. The most recent season, correct, up until this current season. Big Andy won. Big Andy won. Who? You know, whatever Silent happened, Rage. Whatever happened to him, Silent Rage. He was really silent. Um, Luke. Douchebag Luke. I thought looked like Randy, Randy Orton. I thought him and Orton could have made a tag team. Um, and really, the, the the guy that stands out from this season is Matt Cross. Yeah, M Dog Twenty. Yeah, M M Dog, who will be taking on uh, the product David Starr at Legacy Wrestling in August, and is he's uh, he's with Lucha Underground, correct? He's also correct with uh, with the Lucha Underground. Uh, I think he's wrestling as uh, Son of Havoc. Okay, so yeah, I mean the the, the re- Ryan, how could you how could you forget Ryan? Cameron was on season five. Oh my God, you're right, you're right. She absolutely was. I forgot about that. What, the, was, her, what was her favorite match? Was a uh, <laughs> Molina versus Alicia Fox, Alicia Fox or something like that. Which probably what happened the night before on Velocity. Probably happened the shit. night before. What was your favorite match? Uh, Molina versus Alicia Fox. That was the, great. The, you could actually see Stone Cold Steve Austin's brain seize up. You, you could, what, what people don't know is that's the reason if Stone Cold never wrestles again, it's because that common age Stone Cold Steve Austin three years. <laughs> it's not. It's not the concussions. It's not nope, the neck not injuries. The not the back injuries. It's that moment. It's that moment right it, it there. It added ten years on his life. He's fifty, but he's actually sixty. Yep, that's it. Because of uh, of Ariane, as she was known. On so if you, if you ever if you watch season five on the network, no, just go back and watch it for that moment. Go watch it. It's episode one. She got eliminated in episode one. 
go watch it. Um, and then just to watch the first elimination when Stone Cold, when Stone Cold's brain seizes up. Oh, that's the, that's the season that had the uh, the beauty queen, right? Uh, Miss America or whatever, Miss USA, right? Rima, yeah, yeah. That was the, the season with Rima. Yes, yes, it the, was the beauty pageant who uh, who won Miss USA back in 2010. But yeah, uh, really, just an awful season um, where where nothing nothing at all happened. So we're back now. Tough enough back. Um, so, so to be honest, let's get back to the question. Uh, yes, John Morrison, uh, the most successful wrestler, maybe the most successful person coming out of it. I, I could argue Josh Matthews. I could argue Josh Matthews. I did forget that about would be uh, about it. I the did forget about Josh absolutely John Morrison. Yeah, absolutely. So, but this season, Ryan, a little bit different. Obviously, the the reality show and, and competition show game has completely changed with social media since the last season of Tough Enough. Um, so really the, the, the question of how was this show going to shape up? How was the format going to shape up? Very different. You had, uh, you know, their videos, they're, they're taping throughout the week. And then um, Chris Jericho and Renee Young co-host it. And then you have a, a superstar uh, slash legend like judges panel that uh, kind of evaluate what they're seeing and, and talk about what they're seeing. That's Hulk Hogan, Daniel Bryan, and Paige. And then you're watching the video that the trainers, uh, the trainers for this season. If I, um, I thought I had it up here, but it's Billy Gunn, it's uh, Booker T, Lita. It's just those three. I think those three, right? Yeah, so I mean, Booker there's going T, to be there was a segment where we're, other people from the the, uh, the the development center and everything like that were, were pictured, but. But those are your three tr- uh, coaches. I'm sorry, trainers. Yeah, for the, okay for this yeah. year. And 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 Billy Gunn kind of seems to be like the head trainer, drill sergeant type. Which how how well does he fit into that role? I, I thought I thought he had, he was actually absolutely spectacular uh, on on the clips from uh, from this from this this uh, first episode. Who was that? Billy Gunn. He's a badass. Badass <laughs> Billy Gunn. Absolutely, I'm really excited for that. Um. But yeah, he's very good. Better than Al Snow. <laughs> yeah, I liked Al Snow. I did too. And and I'm actually gonna bring all that around when once we get once we get going with it. Okay. I will, yeah. But um you know, so the format format definitely a little bit different. Um you know, very much kind of getting the the personalities of the of the competitors. Uh tried to get it out some of them better than others. Um My my only issue, Ryan, and and we'll kind of we can talk about everything as as we get through it. Is I thought the production seemed a little. And I'm gonna tell you with a grain of salt because it was the first one, but they just seemed a little lost at times, almost with the production. No, they did. They did. Like Jericho's mic didn't seem to work half the night. You could barely hear what he was saying. It was the moment they were cutting the commercial, and you could hear all the noise in the background. Yeah. And it wasn't just like normal chatty noise. Right. Like people were shifting, something was changing, and they were bringing a stage up or something like that. But it's the first That's night. It's a live element. And you, and you got to get, you know, you, it's the first time they ever did it this way. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure it'll be much improved this coming Tuesday. Um, 
you know damn well Vince is going to fix that. You would, you, like you would, would definitely, you would think definitely so. think he's going to fix. Um, I would hate to be all the people involved with that project the next day because I'm sure, or actually that night because Vince probably didn't let them sleep. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely right. But um, in the video package, you definitely see them trying to. Uh, I think as you and I were talking about it before we went on air tonight, uh, ZZ, the, uh, the the crocodile or gator wrestler. Um, from Louisiana, uh, trying to make him the like sympathetic character. Definitely a lot of, uh, I mean, it, it was definitely a reality TV show. I'll say that because it was definitely produced in a reality TV style. Uh, you had, you know, that you had showing some of the guys arguing with each other, things like that. Um, you and I both liked Ryan is, uh, you know, we talked about it. You talked about it on our Facebook page. I talked about it on Twitter. Is that you know every other season of Tough Enough, these people, the the competitors, have stayed in these huge mansions with all the amenities and then some pools, hot tubs. You know, the 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 best of the best. Um, they're staying in the performance center in in like barracks, bare walls, like almost look like military cots for beds. I mean, they have a hot tub, but that's really like the only amenity they have. Very stripped down accommodations. And to me, that's how it should be. I agree with you. That was the first thing that I really noticed uh, that I liked about this um, season so far was the barracks, uh, that they're not in this over-the-top mansion um, or, or horse stable or whatever the hell they were in for season five. Um, when Austin was there, and I guess this is where I want to start picking it apart a little bit. And, and I'm, you know, what I feel like I can be a little bit picky with this because something that I've looked forward to a lot. The the format, much like season five, got away from wrestling, and I think it was my problem with it. And I, we understand that most of these people have wrestling backgrounds or at least MMA backgrounds that that wrestling should not be too foreign for them. But but go back, Jim, and then and, and rewatch season one and two. And you don't even have to because you know what I'm going to talk about. The tracks training facility. Mm-hmm. Everything was about wrestling. There was, I mean, they would do some runs, but it wasn't like they were getting chased by dogs in season five or, or, or roller skating um, at a restaurant delivering food for reality TV. But it was, right. it was a reality wrestling show in the first few seasons of Tough Enough. Um, back when Al Snow and Jacqueline and Taz and Tori were your trainers, you didn't have, and, and I don't know why you need to have judges. I'm not set on the judge aspect of it either. I, like, I like the trainers. The judges are only there to pick the bottom three in which we then vote one off. Mm-hmm. Or they can use their magic save option and save one of the bottom three. Which it just it just seemed weird to me. There were things that I just. I think the judges my, thing is, is is to, I mean, it's, give it's, Hulk Hogan something to do. Daniel Bryan's hurt. To give Daniel Bryan. It's going to, to put. I, what's Daniel Bryan going to do? He's a he's a hot name. Let's put him there. That's how I feel about it, and it's it's a shame. Because I don't think he's really going to add anything to the show. As a train, you know what I mean. The trainers are going to. I'm fine with Booker T, Billy Gunn, and Lita. That's right. 
that's great. That's a great lineup of trainers. I, I think I think the whole judge aspect is there. I, I honestly take it as, as just to kind of remind you it's it's a competition show. I mean, not that you need the reminder, but like we, we're we're kind of programmed to know that there are judges there. I mean, that's just kind of how. I mean, let's 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 take it. You're familiar with the voice. Right, yeah. There, your judges are the people that are there through you all week as your coach. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I don't understand. Let's say a week passes, Lita, Booker T, and Billy Gunn are with them as coaches. And then Paige, Daniel Bryan, and Hulk Hogan are going to play the judge off of what? Just the, the looks of these people? Off the video packages that we saw? Um, so it... It just came across more like a popularity beauty pageant this week than than a actual reality based wrestling show to me. Well, and and with and I enjoyed with it. the I really with did. the nature like of, the, of fan voting to determine the winners or who gets eliminated. To me, that that's 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 the main issue I have with this is because I'm watching this and, and I know, you know, you, you said it and, and somebody else said it when I tweeted about it is that that character and personality is a huge part of professional wrestling. Correct. But in, in today's wrestling world with ring of honor gaining pop popularity, we watched the best in the world pay-per-view. The in-ring work was spectacular as always stuff we've never seen NXT. We're seeing stuff that we've never seen. You see a big guy like Kevin Owens defying, you know, theoretically the laws of, you know, physics or whatever, what have you, when it comes to being a big man. And, um, you have ZZ who, in my opinion, should not have been there over some of the people that were eliminated on those cutdowns. And again, it's a TV show. You're going to put characters there. But my two of my bottom three would have been ZZ and um, what's the... I, Gabby. 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 Because, you know... Is that the one with the mouth? Right? Yes. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't think she was very good during the... You know, when you, they had that casting special. Um, I don't, I don't think she, she didn't impress me, you know, anything on episode one and she's a bitch. She, she kind of is, right? She like, was, like, I don't, I don't mean to be that way, but like she was brought in because somebody couldn't hack it. Right. Somebody, or somebody uh, they so, failed the physical. Is that what, and then, so she was brought back. Yeah. Same thing with ZZ. ZZ was brought back after being cut initially was brought back by triple H. Right. On the casting special. You know, so, and again, I understand that, that you know, you, you put certain people in certain places because it's reality TV and, it, and it's going to get people talking. But I have this bad feeling that, like, ZZ is going to be around for a long time because people are, are going to fall in love with, you know. Oh, the Gator Boy. Yeah, the, the Gator Boy and the guy that, you know, the guy that struggles but doesn't quit. Well, how long is that going to carry you? If he's in the final three every, you know, 
like we saw this week, you saw a guy that, that you know they didn't really cover much on the episode. But we're only watching what they show us in an hour. That's the problem with it, Jim. And I think I read something. I think it was on Bleacher Report. I don't even remember where it was. Um, so if it was, I'm not trying to rip you guys off. But, but they, they said something that was like, so much talent is really featured in, in a one-hour show that there's something about rendering people invisible. Yeah. I was looking for Patrick Clark. We've talked about him on the show. We've seen him at LCW. We've seen him at LCW. And, and he didn't appear very much on TV. No. There was a thing with him and, and Tanner where they kind of spat back and forth. Um, Tanner kind of being always winning a better than Yadda An arrogant prick. Right, sure. And and then and then Patrick kind of spoke up with him, um, but really didn't feature much of Patrick Clark. Sarah Lee, I believe, was one of the contestants who had a video package saying, "I hope I'm safe because I didn't get to do anything this week," and that was really the only time they put her on TV. Right. Um, there's a girl named Amanda. Apparently there's an Amanda on the show, Jim. Didn't even remember that. Um, Mata, I know that's the guy with the, with the, with the Mohawk. Um, you know, Amanda's the hot one. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I see. I, I must've missed that. Gabby was the bitch. Um, Joshua was at risk. I don't even remember what he was. He was the Yeti looking guy, right? Yeah. He was the guy that did his Chewbacca. The Chewbacca thing. Uh, but, but it was really the Tanner and ZZ show. Right. And solely around those two. So when you have when you have Josh, Hank, Hank the poor guy got eliminated, and and he had a beard. That's all I know about the guy. Yeah, he had I, a beard. I, I don't like that they eliminated somebody. I mean, all we saw them do was was you know, you had the the boot camp day at the football stadium, and then you had them run the ropes and body slam a body bag, like. It, to me, that's not enough for anybody to be eliminated because they, they didn't really do anything that, that that I saw. Right, I think that was my issue. Like I said, you go back to season one; it was all about wrestling. They were at the tracks facility, which was great because they used the same stock footage of across the railroad track and the train going by. It seemed like every episode a dozen times, but but it, it just seemed more about wrestling than than this first episode did. I'm gonna watch it. And I'm, and if I don't like it, I'm still going to bitch about it, but I'm still going to watch it. Well, here's the deal, man. Like, it, it gives me wrestling to watch on a Tuesday. Yeah. They, and they, they only, our boy, Patrick Clark. They only give us so much. But I'm, looking on, I'm on the Tough Enough app here, and I clicked on photos and videos. Now, you would, you would think that, that like, to, to get people more invested in the product and in the superstars, that they would have, like, sneak peek things throughout the week. Like, there really isn't anything on these videos that, like, ha- gives you any sort of insight about, you know, more than you're going to see on the episode. So I feel like, yeah, all, all you're getting and to be able to vote on is what you see. So I, they're just overproducing it. That's where I, I still feel like... Overproduced, Jim, right there, I think is uh, that's perfect. I think you hit the nail on the head for the first episode is it was overproduced, oversaturated, and, and, and it, just, it just seemed like a total The first cluster. three seasons of Tough Enough, you had all of the trainers and uh, big John Gaborik, uh, where the, they, they had meetings and they decided who got eliminated whenever there was an elimination. It wasn't necessarily every week. 
but when there was an elimination, that's who decided. Then, uh, then you had like the million dollar one, which was confined to like a one hour special. And then the, the fifth season, you had Stone Cold Steve Austin would discuss with the trainers, but then Steve Austin made the final choice on who was eliminated. But the the overwhelming um, theme there is that you had people who were actually wrestlers, experts, if you will, in wrestling, making the decision. Now you're leaving it up to people that, you know, on, on a Tuesday morning will tweet, it was Raw worth watching last night? And you'll get 18 responses, and they'll be split 60-40 on, yeah, it was worth it, no, it wasn't. And they're, they are, you know, we are the ones, they are the ones determining who is going to win tough enough. To me, that ain't right. You got a point. You know, it, it, it should still be, it should still be left up to either the trainers or the judges or what have you. But I guess in today's TV world, competition show world, that's not how it's going to be. My, my fear is you have a guy like Patrick Clark, who we've met him, awesome guy. We've seen him work spectacular in the ring. And he could be voted off because somebody could perceive him as being a prick because of the two-minute segment that they show from a week's worth of video. Right, right. Because, like I said, I think because it's overproduced. It, to me, it was awkward bouncing back and forth from live to recorded live to recorded live to recorded back to the studio. It's just, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to have to watch the second one. Um, yeah. I'm going to watch know, all of them. Yeah, but we're going to actually miss the second one because we have the SmackDown tapings next week. So we'll have to, we'll have to catch we're not going to get to vote this week, Ryan. Right. Well, I'll, I'll make sure. I'll, I'll, I'll pull it up on my phone while we're there just to make sure. Um, yeah. Uh, we'll see who. Yeah, we'll see who's about. Right, we'll to get see. I mean, I'm not gonna. I mean, not like a vote's really gonna matter in the thing. So. Uh, what if it does? What if? What, what if, if they does? lose by one? One vote, and that, it could be it. <laughs> I, could, I could send uh, Gatorball home. But Ryan, the, the the rating for the week for this show was uh, one point two million. So, not bad. I, I don't think for the opening uh, opening no, show. What is what is what is Total Divas pool? Do you know? I, I know I'm a Total Divas fan, Ryan, but I I just enjoy it for the show. I don't worry about rating. Okay, no, I just wasn't sure. I mean, yeah, is, is that is that somewhere you think it would be? I'd say it might be about the same. About I'm not. Same? I'm not sure to be completely honest. I, I really don't. I, mean, I don't think they were thinking the three million people that tune into Raw are going to tune into Tough Enough. Yeah, we got half of them. For the first show, that's not bad. That's pretty good, right? What was wrong again? Three point eight one in their last segment. And yeah, the one point two. Yeah, it's not too bad. A third of them, whatever. That's not bad. I'll tune in again. Like I said, I, I feel like I'm bitching about it a lot. I just, I don't know. I guess I had a different, a different opinion on it. Yeah, and and I knew it was going to be different. And so, so many people are so quick to judge it, but it was bound to be different. It, it needed to be, I guess, different. You're right. It was bound to be different in today's. Uh, in today's world, it was going to be different. Ryan, just a couple injury uh, uh, notes to, to catch up on. Did you, did, before we even get to that, did you watch NXT this week? 
I did not get a chance to watch NXT okay. this week. I don't want to spoil anything for you. Did you watch it last week? You caught it last week? I caught it last week. Um, and, and, and David Starr actually alluded to the WWE talking about independence and things like that. They the had docu- the second the, the part segments with, uh, with Finn Balor. Yeah. They had the I second saw the part. first one. Have not seen. They the had second a second one. one yesterday, and then it's going to conclude next week. Okay. Um. When the obviously, I mean, is there? Do we need any more proof that he's winning the belt on July fourth? Oh, we absolutely don't. Yeah. But man, these are fantastically. Oh, they out. are. They are just so good. Wait till you watch this next one. Um. Is there any more proof that he's going to be in, in there? That, I mean, really, Ryan. I think this is a launch. I mean, he's going to be kind of. I mean, I, I I could see him like superseding Roman Reigns as like the the new face. I mean, this guy has just launched, and the fans love him. The fans absolutely do, dude. The Roman Reigns comment, I'm not. I don't even know. That's that's tough. I mean, it could happen. We'll see. We'll it could, see. It could well, happen. You're right. We, once we he gets see. to the main roster, we'll see where it goes. I'm just he's 33 already. That's what concerns me. Well, he's got to get on there quick. He's got to get on there quick. I mean, Owens, is, Owens is already there. I don't think it'll be long till he's there. No, 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 no. I mean, this guy's. This is the launching. Yeah, this is the of, launching of, of, of Finn Balor. Of Finn Balor, and and it should be Wham Bam main roster pretty freaking quick. Yeah, same with Samoa Joe. It, 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 it's going to be a slow uh, or a quick turnaround there in NXT. All right, just a couple injury notes as we're coming up on the end of the show here. Uh, Eric Rowan injured at a uh, WWE live event in Saginaw this past weekend, believed to be a uh, a torn bicep. Mm. He actually wrestled the next night with it, but uh, he is expected out about four to six months. Tyson Kidd had his surgery today on his neck. Uh, it was the same operation, the, the fusion surgery that Austin Benoit and Edge had. Um, he is expected to be out over a year sometime around 14 months. So you're looking at probably about SummerSlam next year, uh, probably about the earliest for Tyson Kidd uh, to return. Uh, questions about a potential Ryback injury at SmackDown tapings on Tuesday. Um, uh, but it was apparently just that uh, he was selling a spot from a match. Uh, he worked a dark match later that night, so he is okay. And finally, Daniel Bryan, lots of concern here. Uh, Dave Meltzer, Wrestling Observer Newsletter. Again, these you always got to take with a grain of salt, but uh, Meltzer is usually pretty good about not uh, going, uh, you know, hard rumor on on injury stuff. Um, The ongoing injury issue with Daniel Bryan now, uh, concussion-related and with the neck and everything, it actually could be career-ending. It is being reported that the problem stemmed from his match with Sheamus on SmackDown before WrestleMania. he, his issue, since he was sent home, um, everything's kind of tight-lipped uh, because it is uh, the concussion. Uh, I know Bret Hart recently in an interview um, has uh, compared uh, the injury to his versus uh, when he got the, the concussion that ended his career with Bill Goldberg. Uh, his situations like Dynamite Kids, where he pushed himself, didn't want to admit injuries. Uh, he spoke with Sports Illustrated and said, this is a quote from Bret Hart, uh, Daniel Bryan is finished. He'll never wrestle again. I don't think he knows it yet. I feel terrible about Daniel Bryan. For all intents and purposes, he had the exact same thing happen to him uh, to me after Bill Goldberg kicked me in the head. One day you learn it's over. Doctors tell you you can't wrestle and you'll never wrestle again. Uh, I lost millions of dollars because of that. I pray it's not the same. 
for Daniel Bryan. So definitely, I mean, Tyson Kidd we kind of knew about. Rowan was new. Uh, but but definitely just a, a sad and uh, really kind of scary thing for Daniel Bryan. Um, you know, whether it's res- whether it's wrestling or some sort of, uh, you know, ambassador or whatever, you know, I hope Daniel Bryan stays around. I, I, for, selfishly, I hope we haven't seen the, the last of him in the ring, but uh, definitely don't want to see him risk his personal health um, and, and his personal future and, and the rest of his life uh, for even one more match. No, you're absolutely right, Jim, that selfishly, I hope it was not the end of Daniel Bryan. Um, but but like we said, coming out of WrestleMania, you know, how many WrestleManias can you put a title on him and then it not really be defended and then it has to be just removed from him again. So it's a bad, bad situation. I, I, I hope that the choice that he makes and the WWE makes is best for Daniel Bryan um, and, and his life and his family because there is a life outside of professional wrestling. Um, it is entertainment. We do enjoy it. Um, and I think Daniel Bryan's always going to have a home in the WWE, even if it's not as a competitor, a, a producer, or, or, or something, that, that Daniel Bryan is a character enough that I believe they can give him something to work with, and Daniel Bryan will make the best out of it. But, but I, hope, I, hope, I hope he gets better. Yeah, I really do. Ryan, that's all I have. Um, is is there any uh, birthday notes, news and notes you want to wrap up, and then we'll close up the show? Man, nothing nothing really extra that, that I that I can think about. Um, fantastic show. Loved the interview. Thank you again to, to David Starr for that. Um, busy, busy week, like we said. We're, we're doing LCW on Saturday. Come out and check us out. It'll be at the Lancaster Host Resort. With SmackDown next Tuesday, show again on Thursday. Plenty to recap there. It's going to be a huge, huge show. Um, Jim, ah, a couple birthdays, I guess. I don't even know when, when I let off last. Uh, Coco Beware was back on the 20th. Happy birthday, Coco Beware. Other than that, it's really all I have. Nothing, nothing great going on birthday-wise. Uh, actually, the Sandman was back on the 19th, and Todd Gordon from, uh, from the old ECW also uh, back on the 19th. Other than that, Jim, it's over to you, man. That's all I got. All right, yeah, Ryan, thanks again to uh, the product, David Starr, the king of taunts. Uh, make sure you follow him on Twitter at the product DS. Um, you can check out his, his Facebook site. If you go to facebook.com slash three count Thursday, we have him tagged in a post from tonight. Uh, so go like his Facebook page as well. And uh, check him out at some shows. Get out to some local indie shows uh, wherever you are. Follow his schedule. Make sure you get out and see him. Uh, follow all the shows here, NGSCSports.com, Spreaker and iHeartRadio. Search NGSC. Um, check out you know, our show, the Tuesday Timeout, Earnestly Speaking, NGSC Weekly, many more. All the written content there. Check it out. Uh, also, Wrestling Informant 24-7, uh, WrestlingInformant247.com, uh, us, Wrestling Informant Radio. Thanks to Gary and Chris for all they do to put that together. Uh, check out Wrestling Informant Radio, Outside Interference Podcast, Ring Geeks Podcast. Again, WrestlingInformant247.com. You can subscribe to our show directly on your podcast app. Search Three Count Thursday. When we talk about it, it's always the number, never the words of Three Count Thursday. Twitter, Instagram is at Three Count Thursday. Facebook.com slash Three Count Thursday, folks. Have a great night. Thank you for listening. Maybe we'll see you out at LCW this weekend. If not, uh, interact with us on our social media. Have a great week, and as always, go for the pin.
Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.